0: But I wanted to preach this morning something that's on my heart, and I just really feel like it's very fitting for this service today. But before I get cranking, I want to just stop and pause and say a word of prayer again that God would direct me in the exact way that the Holy Spirit wants me to go this morning. Father. I do thank you, and I humbly come before you and the throne of grace this morning. I thank you for such a legacy in this church and such a beautiful church, Lord God. I just love the atmosphere I feel here, and Lord, uh, with your presence, Lord God, here in this house, Lord, there's many mighty things that can be accomplished, Lord, through you. And Lord, I just pray now that you've given me the opportunity to preach this word, the holy, infallible word from this pulpit, Lord, this morning, that the Holy Ghost anoints me, and Lord God, that it just uh, falls upon the hearts of these people. And Lord God, that they, uh, Lord, enjoy this message this morning. And Lord, most of all, that it will touch someone's heart if they're not saved, God, that they'll know you before they leave here. And for it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I was so glad that Darlene said that Cody was a cadet because in my bio, I said we have a rat at VMI and he is now out of the rat line. Thank you, Jesus. He is thanking the Lord. He would have been here this morning with us. We are going to pick him up and take him to dinner tonight. And we have not got to see him since breakout. So he has really been anxious to see us. So pray for him. Pray for my father. He really does need that. But I want to get on this morning with the message because that's what I like to do. And I'm going to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Enjoying God's Presence. Amen? I think we need to enjoy God's presence. The New Living Translation in 2 Samuel 6, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15 is where I'm going to come from. But before I get started here, I want you to know something this morning. I believe there are some seasoned saints here that have lived in the presence of God, amen? You've paved the way for some folks here. You've lived under the mighty hand of God, you've seen what he can do, and you've enjoyed that presence. And I tell you, young people, you need to look up to these seasoned saints. It tells us that we're to honor our mother and father in the Bible, but we need to honor our elders as well, because we need them in our lives, teaching us and guiding us, and if it wasn't for a good grandmother and grandfather and mother and father that taught me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Amen. Because they prayed me through. Hallelujah. It says in the word to train up a child in the way that they should go. And that when they're old, they'll never depart. And I'm living proof of that. But if we ever needed the presence of God, today is the day that we're living in. We need God's presence. Amen. This world is just pretty much as they say, going to hell in a handbasket. And that's all I know how to say it like, because we look at our government, we look at the politics, we look at the things around us as such as abortion. And we look at all these people that are strung out on drugs. And, uh, you know, we just, we just got to know that we need the presence of God, Pastor Craig. Amen. We need God's presence in our life in his hand. Hallelujah. So I want to read to you this morning from the New Living Translation, 2 Samuel 6, 1-15. And it's talking about moving the ark to Jerusalem when David begins to move it. And he don't quite do it the right way. I want to just put that up front. He don't do it the right way. We can get stuck in our own self sometimes thinking we know what way to go. But God's telling us to go another way. Amen. But I believe this morning the Lord laid this on my heart because I believe again there are some seasoned saints. They've seen it done the right way. They know what the right way is. You know, some people say old-time religion. Oh, don't give me that old-time religion. Well, I say give it to me because it was good enough for me. Amen. These folks have seen that. Amen. Sister Allison, they've seen that. They know that this old-time religion was good enough for them. They've seen how it was done right, and they know it works. Amen. We'll get into that a little more later. It says here, then David again gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all. He led them to Belial of Judah to bring back the ark of God, which bears the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart. Now see, here's where they messed up. They put it on a new cart, and they brought it from Abinadab's house, which was on a hill. Uzziah and Ahiah, Abinadab's sons, were guiding the cart as it left the house, and they were carrying the ark of God. Ahiah walked in front of the ark, and David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs, playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. And it would seem that you're thinking, wow, why they was doing this thing right. Music, worship. They're having a great time before the Lord, but they didn't realize they were doing it the wrong way. Verse 6 says, but when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and Uzziah reached out his hand to steady the ark of God. And then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzziah and struck him dead because of this. So Uzziah died right there beside the ark of God. That's serious business. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzziah, and he named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzziah, as it is still called today. Verse 9 says, David was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, how can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but instead he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So in the city of David, they was there, and Obed-Edom was there, and it brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with great celebration. Now listen to this. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf you got to understand here that I believe now that he knows that he's got to carry this ark the right way. He went six steps, and I just want you to get this picture in your mind. Six steps, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then they sacrificed a bull to the Lord. Let me tell you, some of us today, we can't go six steps without getting on our cell phone and seeing who's on messenger, looking at Facebook. We can't go six steps without having to go check out the sports channel and see who's winning the game, but when it comes to the Lord God Almighty, we don't worry about the Those six steps, we just keep on going and going and going. Don't worry about God's presence. But I'm here to tell you today, I believe there's some seasoned saints. You've been there. You know what God's presence is. And you ain't able to go two steps without praising him for what he's done in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. So they went six steps. And David sacrificed a bull or fattened calf. And verse 14 says... And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Amen. So can I tell you today, church, there's joy in the presence of the Lord. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Amen. Hallelujah. I love the presence of God. I love being in the presence of God. So what happened at Obed-Edom's house? The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom because of the ark, amen, God's presence. That's what the ark signified, Brother Allison. It was God's holy presence, amen. I believe we can recognize God's holy presence when he's in the house, amen. He's here this morning. I believe some seasoned saints this morning know what it is like to be in the presence of God. You've seen him do healings throughout the course of your life. No doubt that if you're in here and you're not a seasoned saint, you've seen those things too, but they've been around quite a while, 89 years old, ma'am, and you've been around a while, you've seen some healings take place, you no doubt probably seen back in the old days, somebody even might've went up to an old hot stove and laid their hands on it under the presence of God, amen. We've seen people get healed, we've seen families restored, people say today that half of marriages end up in divorce, but if somebody would get in the altar like a seasoned saint and begin to pray, we've got grandchildren that are strung out on drugs still living at home at 35 and 40 years old but if somebody would get in the altar like a seasoned saint and they begin to get on the carpet and cry a little bit and get the carpet wet and cry out before God then we'd see the presence of God move on their lives and we wouldn't have this world that I said not saying a bad word here but going to hell in a handbasket amen that's just good right there amen hallelujah I feel God's presence in here But once again, this story illustrates the power of blessings in 2 Samuel 6. Let me just read a short portion again. So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him to the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained there in the house of Obed-Edom three months. The Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his household. And now it was told to King David, saying, The Lord has blessed him and his household and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went up and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And again, I say he probably just paused and said, you know what? I did it my way the first time. I put it on a new cart. That wasn't what I was supposed to do. But this time I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to do it the right way that the Lord has asked us to do it. But Obed-Edom's experience was remarkable. I just want you to listen to this, what's going on here. He was a Gentile who served David, possibly even as a bodyguard, we're told. He had the fortunate experience of having the Ark of the Covenant come to his house for three months. The results of this must have been incredible if you just think about this with me. Scripture says the Lord blessed him and his household, and I got to thinking, wow, I wonder what those blessings might have looked like. What would you have seen if you were his neighbor? Let me just speculate. I believe I'm amongst country people here, but you might have walked out into the garden of Obed bit, eat them, saw some big old fat, juicy red tomatoes, maybe even yellow. That's my favorite. You might have seen some big old cucumbers out there hanging. You might have seen grapes like they talk about in the Bible back when they were going to invade the land and the grapes were so huge, the clusters, they carried them between two poles. I don't know what you might, you might've seen 14, 15 fat, slick Angus calves, Guthrie and Jacoby. They might've been laying out there in a pasture, you know, waiting to be butchered. I mean, it was just everything. There was prosperity. There was blessing because that's what follows the presence of God. I bet you go into some of these seasoned saints' house and you see that same presence. You feel that when you walk into their house. I've walked into some little old ladies' houses and I have begun to pray with them and I'll never forget Sister Bishop. I don't think I've ever mentioned her in a sermon, but right there in heaven today, Sister Bishop, I remember going in, I prayed for her and I'd never in my life, Brother Allison, had anybody do it. She said, now let me pray for you. Woo! I feel the glory right now. I feel the Holy Ghost when she laid her hands on me and began to speak in other tongues, Brother Mike, and I said, oh my word, I'm in the house of a woman that knows what The presence of God is all about, amen. Amen. Glory to God. But I tell you, I believe they observed most of all these things relational healing, the joy in a family, because that's what the presence of God brings, profound wisdom, thriving vegetation, deep intimacy with the Lord, confidence and peace. Wow. Ooh, we could use some confidence and peace in this day we're living in. I don't know about you, but the older I get, I got a little of that salt right here. Let me tell you, it ain't pink, but I tell you, it's salt. Let me tell you, the older I get, peace is something. Peace is something to me. The stress we carry in our lives. My father's situation has been a stressful one. I don't care if you're Christian or what, but it's been a stressful situation. And my mother needs peace just like my dad needs healing because it's hard on the caretaker, Amen. But they had financial prosperity, favor, physical vitality, protection, and the ability to create blessing wherever they went. I mean, unnatural luck. Have you ever seen somebody had so much luck it looked like it's dripping off of them? My dad, he was one of those guys that people, they'd look at him, they'd say he was the only man they knew could take a manure pile and turn it into a rose garden. (laughs) He could buy cattle that was on their last leg and turn around and make $200 on them the next week. I mean, that's just supernatural luck, but he had the blessings of God. You know why, Brother Morris? Because he tithed. He went to church. He was a Sunday school superintendent. He put God and the presence of God before anything and everything. Amen. Psalm 16 and 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. You folks know that this morning. Amen. Season Saints, you know that this morning. Can I tell you, church, we need the presence of God. Can somebody just be a witness this morning? We need the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I love it when people help me preach, Sister Allison. Amen. So why did we end up here at Obed's in the first place? Because the ark was mishandled to begin with. You see, carrying the presence of God is not to be taken lightly. You know, if you've lived long enough, you've learned there's some things that you do and there's some things that you don't do. You seasoned saints, experience will tell you that. Again, we start trying to do things on our own, our own way. It usually don't work. I can tell you a few stories about myself, you know. I've involved God, and all my decisions in life since I've been saved, But there's a few I had. I mean, I've got a truck at home that's bought and paid for. And I prayed, and I said, Lord, when I went in there to buy that truck that day, well, first I asked my wife, too. I said, honey, (laughs) you know, because... Whew. That's why I had no hair on my head. Just rub a knot on it. But anyway, I said, honey, do you think this is... she said, well, honey, you've always done good to your money. You know, if you've prayed about it, and I had. And the gentleman came back, and he was a dollar bill under what the price of the Lord laid on my heart. Guess what? Trucks bought, paid for. I kept it. It's doing well. Well, there was another time I fell in love, Mike, with a 1951 Ford truck. And my goodness, that guy—he wanted forty-seven fifty. Actually, he wanted forty-eight fifty. Let me rephrase that. And I, my dad was in the hospital at that time. It's kind of the start of some of this thing. And Dad knew I had a love and a lust for that truck. I ain't gonna lie. And you know what? I said I'm gonna buy that truck. But Lord, what should I give for it? He said you don't give a dime over forty-seven fifty, and it was forty-eight hundred. That boy wouldn't come down, brother. He wouldn't come down one bit. And I said, I'm going to have that truck come. i tell you what, I'm going to have it. I bought it. That truck cost me a year of headache and heartache. The title would not write on it. The numbers on the truck didn't match. The starter wouldn't work. It stayed in my garage about all summer, holding up a garage where I have farm equipment and I had to get it out and I didn't want to let it sit out in the rain. Brother Greg, I sold that truck. My wife can attest to that. We were on vacation. I spent about half vacation trying to sell that truck. And she was like, My word. And six thousand dollars later I got back out of it, thank you, Jesus, what I had in that truck in the first place, and he got me out of that mess. But if I had not done it the wrong way guess what I'd have been all right same thing with this story in the Bible they'd have been all right but then they have to move that cart the right way but here it is mishandling the presence of God can kill you verse 6 through 7 tells us but when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon the oxen stumbled Uzziah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God and the Lord's anger aroused against Uzziah struck him dead because of this so he died right there David tried to move the ark on his own terms instead of God's. So God's presence is not to be entered into haphazardly. Okay? The Levitical priest, let's back up just a minute, and I'll give you a little background here, and I'm going to move on. Levitical priesthood began with Aaron, the older brother of Moses, in Exodus chapter 28. Aaron's descendants served as the priest in Israel, ministering in the tabernacle and later the temple, primarily as mediators between man and God. The Levitical priests bore the responsibility of offering the sacrifices required by the Mosaic law. The high priest could deliver edicts to guide the nation in Numbers 27. He was the only one permitted to enter the most holy place because that was a holy place. God held the priests to the most stringent standards of behavior and ritual purity, as we find in Leviticus. Abihu and Nadab were sons of Aaron, who were the two first priests. They disobeyed God. They disobeyed God, and however, they were instantly struck down. Later, the sons of the high priest Eli treated the offering of the Lord with contempt, and they also were judged. And here it is, I fear that we try to enter God's almighty presence on our own terms too many times, church. Amen? Amen. So we've got to trust in God and his presence. Hallelujah. You see, I believe that there's some folks here today that understand it takes faith in God. It takes prayer and fasting. I believe there's some seasoned saints that's got a hold of something some of us in this generation ain't got a hold of. Some things only come by prayer and fasting. It's not going to be like on your video game. It's instantaneous. It's not going to be like a bag of popcorn two minutes later you got something to eat. Sometimes you're going to have to get serious. And I believe this group right here, salt and pepper and all, you know that it's going to take getting down to business with God to get in His presence. Amen. Amen. We've got in a generation, Brother Greg, where the people think it's just going to happen overnight. Not everything happens overnight. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm not fussing and some of you young people might be looking at me like you cross-eyed and crazy boy. But let me tell you something, I know what I'm talking about because I've seen God move in that. You can go to Winterfest, you can go to Jesus Jam, you can go to Resurrection, but somewhere along the line you come off that mountain back down to where you at at school and it's going to take something like nitty gritty on your knees praying and serving God when you don't feel like serving God. How many times y'all feel like you don't have it in you? I mean, come on. I don't feel like I got it in me most days. Ain't that right, honey? She says, get going, boy. And then the Lord says, get going. But listen to me today. It's going to take getting down to business to get in the presence of God. Amen. Let me move on. Hallelujah. So, David's big mistake. King David made a big mistake in placing the ark on an ox cart, new or otherwise. He should have known better, but for some reason he didn't. You see, it's supposed to be carried on the shoulders of the priest. There's rings designed on that cart to put a pole through, and priests get on the other side, each side of it, and they carry it like a champion would be carried. And I mean, if there was ever a champion, is not the presence of God. Is God not a champion? Is Jesus Christ not a champion? Amen. You see these people win contests, the Super Bowl, and they hoist them up. They hoist a trophy up. You know, they don't you see these girls in these parades. I've told people I said they're riding around. They ain't riding around on top of a station wagon or a covered wagon, going, hey, they're on the top of a Porsche. They're on the top of a Jaguar. They're on the top of something nice. Probably costs fifty thousand dollars. That's how they do it. Let me tell you what I'm saying. It's a position of honor. And when we carry the presence of God, it's a position of honor, amen. And we're to carry it high. Not in old grocery bags somewhere tucked away. What's the word say? It says don't hide the presence of God. Let it be up on a hill for all to see, amen? But when you don't do things God's way, he doesn't help you. He'll allow you to do it your way. And here it is. When you work, he rests. But when you rest, he works. Don't we live in one of those worlds where I'm like this too? I'm telling a lot on myself, ain't I? Busy, 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 busy. Got to be doing this. I can't sit still. But I notice when I do sit still, Brother Mike, that God does amazing things when I just let him work in my life. Amen? Amen. Can I get a witness for that? Amen? Amen. When it came time to move the ark to Jerusalem, this time correctly, Obed-Edom had a choice. He could have stayed where he was and lived off his past relationship with God or moved with the ark of God. Staying in God's presence and in a relationship with God. See, we have a choice. And I might preach to us all here a little bit. Listen, I'm preaching to you all anyway. But sometimes we can get stuck in, well, it was this way or it was that way. Now listen, moving with the presence of God is moving with God, right? Not staying stuck on something we've been on for 50 years and I'm not being mean there. Listen to me. Trust me, there's some things. I, I love bluegrass. Woo. I love it all. I can listen to opera. I mean, I can listen to it all, bro. You're pretty musical. I believe you probably would listen to a lot of things too, Mike. But I'm just, I'm just, I love music. And it touches the heart of God, especially if it's from the heart of you. Amen? But we can't get hung up. So here's what... I want to say about that, Obed-Edom had a choice. He could have stayed where he was, lived off his past, lived off the presence of God that was there for three months, but he said, nope, where the presence of God goes, I'm going. Obed-Edom had a desire for the Lord, sister. He had a desire for the Lord, and he moved with God. His desire for the Lord caused him to do whatever it took to be close to God. Amen. He became a gatekeeper. A gatekeeper, a musician, and a doorkeeper of the ark. Due to Obed-Edom's desire and love for the Lord and his faithfulness, God begins again to bless him and promote him because that's what the presence of God will do. It will bless you, and it will promote you. Can I tell you something today? I had a minister one time come to the Dublin Church of God where I youth pastor for 21 years, and he said that if you pick up a piece of trash out of the parking lot, then that's worship to God. And I go along, and I can't help it. If I see something down there laying on the ground in the church parking lot. I have to pick it up and throw it away. Let me tell you, right before I retired brother Greg, it was a dirty diaper laying down there and it was dirty. And I said, Lord, oh Lord, I don't want to bend down and pick that up, but I'm going to because it's on the parking lot where your house is in the representation of Christ. It laid there for a week and I said, so what is that? And I finally seen it down there and we won't go any further, but I picked it up and put it in a trash can. Amen. Because that's what you'll do when you're in the presence of God. You're worshiping to that extent. Boy, these boys can tell you about youth camp. Going to the bathrooms and have to clean up some of the messes we've had too. Ooh, we won't go there. I'll let Travis take care of that, brother. <laughs> Obad Edom had a desire for the Lord and he moved with God. His desire for the Lord caused him to do whatever it took to be close to him. As I said, he was a gatekeeper, praise and worship leader, and because of his faithfulness, God blesses him. The presence of God will promote you the longer you're in it the more it will promote you. In other words, the closer you get to God, the more blessings he pours out, but we must have a desire to be in that presence. Yeah. Obed-Edom was a worship leader, as mentioned along with Asaph, the chief of musicians, as you read the psalm. Obed-Edom and his 68 associates ministered regularly before the Lord in worship, yet he still continued to keep the gates. Some people get a lot going on and they have to drop a few things in there, but he was, woo, he was just in the presence of God and I'm going to come to a close here in just a moment, but Obed-Edom is not only blessed in ministry and relationship with the Lord, his family is also blessed. So see, that's what happens as well. God gives him eight sons. His poor wife is raising a football team. His sons and grandsons also worshipped the Lord. They were blessed by the Lord. They were all leaders, capable men, the strength to do the work. There were 62 men in all. Obed-Edom, along with his other duties, was put in charge of the south gate, and his sons were keepers of the storehouse. Obed-Edom, by his faith and attitude and actions, created a legacy of faith and a relationship with the Lord. The Lord was faithful back to Obed-Edom, establishing a legacy of generational blessings. Amen. I can tell you today that I am a product of that generational blessing today. And you know, this is what happens when you raise your family in the presence of God. They don't turn their back on the Lord. You know, I get so tired, and I've mentioned this before, that the people all crying about, well, we, we prayer got took out of school. No, we got prayer took out of school. One woman was accountable for that, Madeline O'Hara, and she was the one that said, guys, she got prayer out of school. How did one woman get prayer took out of school? Because we sat there. And we let her get prayer took out of school, same way this country's going to be if we don't get busy about being in the presence of God. And can I tell you right now, when we're in the presence of God, it says, don't it, we can move mountains. If we have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, we can say to that mountain, henceforth be removed and it shall be removed. Amen. And we don't trust that. We don't trust that. Obed-Edom, he had to pack up and physically move to stay in the presence of God. We might have to do that. You might have to move away from a relationship. You might have to move away from that drug you hooked up on. You might have to move away from a job, honestly. It might not be where God wants you in order to flourish and move forward. But can I tell you like it is this morning? You might have to do the same, but staying in the presence of God may mean that you have to move away from these things to continue his presence. You may have to move closer and desire him more than what you have in your life or anything. His desire for a relationship with God, Obed-Edom, established a relationship not only for himself, but his children and his grandchildren. This relationship also established generational blessings from God and his family. His relationship caused a ripple effect, church. And no doubt, as I come to a close here and the musicians get ready, I look out here this morning at these seasoned saints and these folks and what you've done in your life and are still doing, let's not mishandle that no. because you are not a has-been or a was-been. You're a right now. Amen. And some people would like to wipe that out. Some people are like, oh, they done had their time. Every dog has their day. Let me tell you something. These guys right here they the backbone. they the backbone. And I'm not saying that you're not part of that backbone, but they are pretty much right there, the core of that backbone. that's holding things together because I know what it's like to see you guys pray and be serious and God move through you and use you, and I appreciate you, and I thank God for you. It's people like you that paved the way for us and are still paving the way. Did you hear what they said? They're still working. They can't get them to take a break and sit down because they know how to work. And sometimes it takes work to be in the presence of God. And I mean that we can't earn salvation. Not talking about that, but it takes work to continue in the presence of God. Amen. Okay, we live in a generation where everybody wants it for free. I ain't Bernie Sanders. I, and I ain't political either, but I'm just telling you, that's what I'm hearing. Everybody gets it for free. That ain't where I come from. I ain't for, I just, I'll tell you the truth, I ain't for none of them. I'm for Jesus. Amen. So I'm not going there. But it causes a ripple effect. Blessed himself, his children, his grandchildren, his family was blessed because he knew how important God's blessings and favor was. So I end like this. To be a joyful Christian is to know God's presence, which I know you folks know. And I know the rest of you do too. But if we're honest, many of us can think of God kind of like a magic genie sometimes. We keep him on the shelf until troubles arise and there's something our neighbor has we really want. The problem is, is real relationships don't work that way, especially with the triune God. The Lord over all will not be left on the shelf of anyone's life. Instead, Scripture is clear that all of life, and principally the gospel life, listen to this, is about being in God's relational presence. This is why David proclaims in Psalm 16 and 11, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. How many of you folks over here, wherever you're at this morning, your season seasoned saints, you have experienced the pleasures and joy of God. Amen. Would you stand to your feet all over this house this morning? I love the Lord with all my heart. His presence is what I want to be in. And I love you folks again from the bottom of my heart. And Jim and Darlene, thank you so much for heading this up. It takes a heart to do that. And good leadership. And I know this church like like it was my church just through the young people at youth camp and through Pastor Allison and his wife and Greg and his wife. I I thank God for Jim and Darlene and their sons are very special to me and the Morris family and and, uh, the Colliers, Tomlins, all of them. Father God, I just thank you for them. So many other ones in here that I've not got to know, but I hope to today after this is over. And Father, I thank you for them and what they've done and how they've been a, a, a pillar in this community. I can just feel that when I pull up on this property. God, I just pray that they'll keep on working. And Lord, these young folks in here, I pray that they'll honestly take the time to step back away from anything they're involved in, their phones, their jobs, their school, and just look to these folks here today that are called the season saints. And Lord, know that they are praying for them and know that they're paving the way and Lord I pray like in so many churches Lord God where the young people and the older folks don't connect I pray for connections all over this church for them both to come together and Lord God what a strong mighty force we can be together and Lord I just pray that you anoint them with the Holy Ghost power and Lord that you cover them with your presence Lord God your holy presence and Lord I just pray no matter from zero to one hundred in this church Lord God that you help them to understand that Lord there is a proper way to enter into your presence and God that you would help them Father and direct them and guide them and and speak to their hearts this morning help them not to try to do it their own way but to lean on you and everything they do every choice they make even if it comes to buying a truck God relationships boyfriends girlfriends school jobs God help us Father And now today I ask this question before I leave because I don't leave this pulpit area without it. If there's one in this house this morning, God, that something in this message has touched their hearts and, God, they are not right with you. They come to this church this morning looking to be saved. What better gift could we have today for our seasoned saints to see a heart come to the Lord Jesus Christ? And, Lord, even if there's one that's of that age, God, that's never given their heart to you, Lord, it's it's for everybody. It's for everybody. And God, I pray that today that they'd understand Romans 10 and 9, that if they'll believe in thy heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ art Lord, they shall be saved. It's so simple. God, I just pray, is there one here today that you feel that way you'd like to step out from where you're seated or standing this morning and you'd make your way to this altar and I can pray with you. And maybe even some seasoned saints will gather around and help me pray with the Holy Ghost power that would move in your life if you're struggling if you're saved but you're struggling this morning and you come into this church and you said I gotta have a touch from God this morning would you please come up here if you're somebody that's got a health issue I don't like leaving a church service without praying for some folks but you know if you you don't want to come that's fine but I'm not going to beg you but if God is prompting you right now by his spirit to come to this altar in the name of Jesus above all names the name above all names please come to the front Let me lay hands on you with your pastors and pray. Hallelujah.